0: Welcome, everybody. I'm Mark Peter Davis, Managing Partner of Interplay. I'm on a mission to help entrepreneurs advance society, and this podcast is definitively part of that effort. Um, Today we're back at it with Chris Zhang. Uh, He's the partner and CIO overseeing our family office, side of the house. Um, Chris usually covers market stuff. He does the same thing again today. Brings us a lot of context about what's going on in the world. Uh, He hasn't been on the podcast since our summer break, so a little bit to catch up on. And without further ado, hope you enjoy. My friend Chris, good to see you. Good to see you, Matt PD. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. You're probably tired. You've got a young child at home. Yeah, so today's
1: the hundred days celebration. It's been a journey. What is she doing to celebrate? Uh, Mooncakes, because it's also mid mid autumn day, and uh, huh. second second biggest holiday in in Chinese culture, and you know. One of those, you have to get together with the family and
0: eat mooncakes. What are mooncakes?
1: I don't know the best way to describe it, except that it's, it's, a, it's, it's a cake reserved for mid-autumn day with a, usually an egg yolk inside, uh, symbolizing whole, wholesomeness and, you know, and, mm. and family values. And, but it's delicious, tons of calories, definitely
0: not healthy, but you don't want to eat Well, they gotta fatten you up for the winter. Makes sense. That's right. Post beach bod, pre mm-hmm. cold layering. Got it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. This is our first chat uh, post summer break. So, probably a lot's happened. You want to ramp us up on the world markets? Sure. Um, the last time
1: we chat was where the whole world and, and especially the US economy is in a different regime. So, I feel like we just take a step back this time and just recap sort of where we are and, and, and where we're headed on a more macro level and without looking into all these sort of details and numbers um but long story short honestly we're we're currently in an environment that we talked about six months ago we thought might happen and it just happened which is higher interest rate for longer last week um the fed came out with with their revised dot plot which is basically the feds officials own guidance on where they think interest rate will be going the next two to three years and to save everyone's time, the headline is previously the whole market, including the fed thought that right now, we're, you know, in the past two years, we're just, con- we're just trying to conquer inflation and eventually interest rate will be normalized quote unquote. And that normalized means we're going back to maybe two to 3%, so, which implies that this year going into next year, and by the end of next year, especially we should we're supposed to see, let's say three to four cuts from what's a, effectively a 20-year peak in interest rate that's no longer the case um, now the revised dot plot shows that going into the end of next year we're going to be at most two cuts which is 50 basis point for our, from where we are uh, which means it's still five percent and then it's still very much elevated in interest rate this has a, a tremendous amount of implications across all financial assets as you can imagine from a dis- discount rate perspective an equity market to cost of capital cost of borrowing and interest in, in sort of real estate market or any any market that's heavily dependent on leverage and that doesn't really historically run a a large uh, cushion when it comes to when it comes to profit margins this has this basically to turned all these businesses upside down um, which is, which is, you know, really definitely, definitely, uh, at the bare minimum headwinds in, 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 in financial markets and equity markets. This has also implications in currency, right? So beginning of the year, we talked about how, since we're on a cutting cycle and the rest of the world is not, on, still on a hiking cycle, the dollar is supposed to decline, which it has, it basically reversed the entire gain experienced during COVID uh as rather when you know when we last talk about this in sort of middle of the summer but because of this whole reversal from the fed we're now seeing momentum in in dollar strength again which which makes total sense and that has implications that has its own sort of secondary derivative implications in in commodity market which is still denominated in dollar in in, in oil right in, in gold and in in sort of international trade so this is big news. Um, I think everyone needs to take a second to mentally adjust to
0: this new reality that we're in. But there's – look, the interest rates are still up. There's still a, a lagging adjustments in the market to these this new paradigm. Yeah. I'll tell you, my experience is for sure less sophisticated than the way you're looking at it. As I'm, I'm on all these investment groups of all sorts and all different groups of populations of very sophisticated people. Anxiety is no longer high. That is a noticeable mm-hmm. thing. People have acclimated to this new state. They don't seem to be super nervous about it. And people seem to be talking very opportunistically. In yeah. fact, I'm not hearing a lot of people talking about at, you know, protecting their wealth. I'm not hearing people talk about um, you know complaining about how bad the markets are. They're talking about what are the opportunities that are going to be coming up. And it's a very optimistic mindset of opportunism. The one that everyone seems to keep bringing up is there's an expectation with a lot of people that commercial real estate is going to fully unwind in 24. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of people are saying there's going to be a bloodbath. They're keeping their cash ready. The irony, though, is I've heard that from so many people. And I kind of think that means that the opportunity won't be as good because a lot of people will pounce on fire sales, and drive the price up. So it's unclear to yeah. me. I'm not getting this sense of where we were a year ago, where there's unknowns, there's anxiety, it's changed, everyone's stressed. It feels like everyone's cool. Things are a little slower. They're picking their spots a little bit more carefully, um, which is probably all yeah. signal uh, that this famed soft landing is kind of happening. Is that That's my human read of it is that what you're seeing reflected in the data mm-hmm. yeah so it's more nuanced here um we need to which we need to
1: chalk check chat about so this is uh, by the way i'm not saying this is sort of the end of the world's doomsday scenario it's not that right like it's sim- it's just an interest rate regime change what the implication of this implic this this regime change is that there's going to be dislocations in the market and dislocations all over the market in fact Uh, they're winners they're losers and if you're an investor uh this is actually quite an amazing environment once potentially once in a decade type of environment to actually deploy capital to take advantage of those dislocations that we just talked about Um, so so it's i would say it's definitely a mixed day for depending on which position you're coming from if you're a regional bank and you've got a ton of commercial real estate on your, on your balance sheet, and you're seeing default rates picking up, and you're seeing interest rate going up, you're seeing the entire capital stack going upside down, uh, unfortunately, it's not gonna be a good day for you. And it's not gonna be a good year for you, uh, uh, potentially not, not a good decade for you going forward. So it really depends on where you are at in terms of your positioning. Second thing I wanna say, which is super important, and to your point, the reason why people are not really panicking um people in general is that consumer spending and jobs market are still incredibly strong it's like it's like these two markets like never it never blipped and never even blinked during the past couple of years of high inflation um we're still at historically low unemployment rate and historically low jobless claim rate and consumer spending is still incredibly strong. We're we're, we're seeing retail spending across all segments, not really a slowdown in anything. Um, There's been some volatility in that data set, but nothing that would indicate a a reversal in trend. And um, more importantly, maybe on the flip side of that is because people are not getting much, much higher wages, um, people are spending like crazy. So you're seeing a bit more take up in, in sort of consumer debt which ultimately adds the burden of the economy. But regardless, you know the, the day-to-day average, the day-to-day sort of behavior you're seeing is that people are spending money, people are not looking back, saving is not almost a thing still, and jobs are strong. So, so that adds to the rosiness and the so-called the soft landing prediction that the market is,
0: is still seeing. Does that, does that make sense? Does that, yeah, it does. Does it, does it mean though, there's two ways to interpret that. Does it mean that, hey, we're just delaying the pain? People are still spending, but eventually they're going to get to the bottom of the loan barrel. Uh, they're going to max out all their credit cards, et cetera, and paint like a bigger cataclysm is yeah. coming, or is it a transitionary period where we've adjusted from hyper growth to this new reality, and it's going to be a little bit smoother?
1: There's always two possibility here. And the one posi- so, so this spending behavior versus the uh, the wage growth and, and the slowdown in in, in sort of debt market and a broader economy, um, this, these two cannot co- coexist forever. At some point, you're going to see either a slowdown in spending or increase in saving, or there's, there's got to be some t- sort of shift in the overall economy uh, for, for us to see sort of the next stage of growth. Maybe it could be fueled by AI, it could be fueled by all these advancements in technology. And all of a sudden, we're experiencing 1.5x in productivity across the board, which could salvage all of us in a situation of, of debt burden and all these things. So it, it just really depends. If we don't have a tectonic shift in in productivity in the medium term, I think the more likely scenario is that people will have to eventually adjust their behavior and slow down in their spending and, 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 do, and, and do more saving, which then trickles down to perhaps... Um, Reduced top line for you know businesses across the board, and but as as long as businesses are staying efficient with their cost structure, you will still see earnings. Right, it's not like you know companies will go get bankrupt. It's just that the growth itself will slow down, yeah. which is healthy. And you know all all countries and business society go through cycles, and that's just part of the game. So um, I don't see us like of- all of a sudden hitting this sort of emergency stop. And so-called hard landing, and all of a sudden we we go back to the 1930s, and 30 percent of the country don't have a job. It's hard to see that scenario, just given everything that's happening. Um, so hence the soft landing, which which is more likely. Just it's just saying that's part of the business cycle that we're we're going into a trough, but
0: eventually we'll, we'll
1: come back up, come back up again.
0: But even if you know, I, I think one thing that's striking me in all this is even if things are still going to contract a little bit, right? Even if we're still in that trajectory. Yeah it's when it's not a surprise everyone can hedge and adjust and cut costs and if they're overexposed to you know commercial real estate they can buy insurance on that or sell things at a discount and like you know there's there's moves to do to balance out the sudden shock factor that i think happens that is more disruptive to business right the people who are overexposed to dangerous assets right now know that they know that and if they're not mm-hmm. doing anything then I don't know. Maybe they deserve to go out of business, but I'm sure most of them are doing things to hedge it, sell it, whatever they need to do. So if it's not overnight yeah. shock therapy, you know, you can spread some of the pain by liquidating, hedging, etc. Early, and I think that's what it feels like. That's what's happening. That people are preparing. The writing's on the wall. It's pretty clear. Yeah, and people are making moves.
1: Yeah there are always ways to sort of kick the can down the road and the sort of one of the most cynical way of doing this is, you know, if you're, if you own commercial real estate and chances are it's collateralized and it rolls up to a bank portfolio, so you default on it, the bank, the banks take ownership and the banks don't know how to manage it. So they will go to the, the, the fed, you know, for, for help. So because these banks are mostly too big to fail and you will see a rescue package, which is obviously funded by taxpayers and, and and it's it's more printing than the dollar uh, in the system that 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 make all of that possible. So it's just sort of kick the can down the road, Ray Dalio type of scenario. And eventually, though, right, like that increases the debt burden of of of, of the economy of U.S. as as an economic entity, which weakens the dollar. You know, it's it's that's the the sort of the 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 cycle you don't want to see happening, um, but could be inevitable. But the point is, that's not none of that is going to happen over. Over a short term or medium term, even that will transpire. The end result of all of that will transpire in the next decade or two, maybe three. Um, so, if, yeah, I, I you know that's the cynical way of, of looking at this. And regardless what which way you're looking at it, I think we're going to be fine in the short term.
0: How does this? fast forward a year and look back over your shoulder to now. What, what yeah. are we getting? What, what are the things that we might be getting way wrong? Like. Are you factoring in political paradigm enough in this thinking? There's a lot of change coming on that front. Some, fo- some forward thinking folks about evolution of society are actually expecting that, regardless of the outcome in 24, there's going to be some form of violence. Uh, mm. So there's just there, there's, there's black swan stuff on the horizon, which by definition we're not going to guess because that's what a black swan is. You can't guess it. But, yeah, you're
1: definitely seeing increased tension here. I mean, as we speak, we're, we're, we're sort of uh, at the foot of yet another potential government shutdown. Obviously, the last one was was really a technical one that's caused by the debt ceiling. This one is a political one. The Cong- Congress simply can't come together and agree to to es- effectively pay these bills. And this is inherently a political move. and which is evidence for increased political political conflict within the country and and that just adds fuel to the fire for next year's election so to me um this is the part that unfortunately is sort of sort of you know we as as as, as america is really playing with fire here um you know focus so much resource and attention on domestic internal fights uh and these fights are ideological fights and a lot of levels so it's 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 difficult to resolve overnight. And but meanwhile, the rest of the world is moving along and there's all these happening on a global stage, international financial geopolitics, that I feel like we as a country are not paying as much attention to as we should. So th- this this is not trending in the right direction. I think I think it is very much in line with what, we're, again, going back to Ray Dalio's prediction on, on sort of internal struggles where we're headed um you know as investors we we kind of need to look at all these things and and evaluate opportunities within these macro contexts one gauge i will always recommend everybody to always pay attention to is the 10-year treasury point um i believe it was bill ackman from a few a uh, few months ago uh you know was really tweeting about uh how you know he's gonna short the market in 10-year betting on yield going higher for all these different reasons and I was very much in agreement with this analysis. And if you look at the 10 year treasury, uh, we, you know, since I believe July uh, or or April this year, was when we, uh, at the low in recent low, which is around 3.3%. And, you know, we're we're half a year later, where we stand, the treasuries, sure enough, 10 year treasury sold off by over 120 basis point. Uh, That's by, in in whatever metric you're looking at, it's a three to standard deviation move within a year. Um, very unhealthy for an economy that's so dependent on debt. Just think about all the mortgage rates that are gonna go through the roof uh, on on the back of this. So this is always the point where I I look at, this is the point in economy that if I have to pick one data point that I look at to gauge risk sentiment and gauge the the health of the economy and sort of where we're headed, it's this 10-year treasury point. So I encourage Mm -hmm. everybody just to pay attention. When and if it goes above 5%, I think it will, it's headed that way. It it will trickle down to everyday life, and it will trickle down to spending behavior and saving rates and and, and overall likelihood likelihood of a hard landing. So let's just all pay attention to that.
0: Very cool. Well, good to catch up, my man. Thank you for coming back and doing this, and we'll talk to you again soon. And a quick reminder to everybody, Chris is an SEC-registered RAA. Nothing he said should be misconstrued as investment advice thanks for listening everybody we'll catch you next week